Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome once again to Unionville Alliance Church. I hope you picked up the card that says your hope or prayer for 2024. Um, we did the same thing uh, last year, and many of you wrote your requests and your prayers down, and we as a staff and elder board took time to pray through all of those petitions at various times uh, throughout last year, and so I want to encourage you to be able to do that, and we're going to have an opportunity for you to come forward at the end of the service, place those cards in one of these baskets, and our pastoral staff will be here to give you a pastoral blessing with a promise verse and also a blessing verbally as well. And so that's what we're going to do to end off our service today. Uh, but we're starting a new uh, series today called Emmanuel in the Old Testament. Uh, and I want to encourage you, uh, as we are starting the series and as we're starting the new year, as I did last week, uh, is to encourage you to read the Word of God. Uh, particularly in this year, I want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't already started, to find a plan that can help you to read through the whole scriptures from Genesis to Revelation um, th throughout this year, because there's a beautiful story that's told, a beautiful arc that's told. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that arc today um, as we start this series. But Bible reading is so important. I got some of these stats from the YouVersion Bible app that talks about if someone were to read the Bible four or more times a week. So there's seven days in the week four or more times in the week, 407% more likely to memorize scripture because it's in front of you. 228% more, uh, more likely to share their faith with others. 231% more likely to disciple others. And that's one of our missions here is to be disciples, grow as disciples, and also make disciples. And these same people are 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. See, loneliness is one of the, the, the epidemics that are plaguing our, that's plaguing our society today. As I shared with you some weeks ago, probably some months ago, the Surgeon General in the United States uh, came out with a report last year to say that the greatest health epidemic in the United States, and we can translate that even, I think, to Canada, is... Loneliness, because loneliness has such a great impact on our mental well-being, our spiritual well-being, and even our physical well-being. And so God didn't make us to live this life alone, but God actually made us to live in community and to live with the Lord. And so that's why we're going through this uh, series here about Emmanuel in the Old Testament. And, and we started this last, last year in December as we talked about Emmanuel, which means God with us, and the idea of Jesus coming down incarnate into this world, and we saw how Jesus came and we celebrated Christmas. And we're going to continue the story arc going all the way to Easter and actually beyond Easter. And so what we're going to do for the next few weeks is going to be called Emmanuel in the Old Testament, because we're going to look at a few different characters in the Old Testament, namely Adam and Eve, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and we're going to look at how God's presence came upon them. The spirit of God was upon them. The presence of God was with them for a time and season and for a particular um, uh, a particular thing that they were doing and they were able to experience the presence of God in a very supernatural and extraordinary way that helped them. We'll look and see about how Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, how God made a covenant with Abraham and how God commanded to Moses. He came and appeared to him in the burning bush. But later on, as he led the children of Israel, he led Moses to make a tabernacle. And do you know the reason why God led Moses to make a tabernacle? For this reason, in Exodus 25 and verse 8, it says, then have them make a sanctuary for me. For what reason? 
and I will dwell among them. God had them make a tabernacle, and that's going to be our next series after we finish this series of Emmanuel in the Old Testament. We're going to go into a series that leads into Easter about the tabernacle, and it's going to be called Emmanuel in the Tabernacle. And our wonderful media arts team is going to build a little tabernacle here. You're going to get to see it. Uh, And we're going to see some of the different things and the items in the tabernacle and how all of them are connected to the presence of God, how all of them uh, reveal God's presence and his desire for us to go deeper and fuller into relationship with him. And he, he wanted them to make this tabernacle for that reason. And then we're going to get to Easter. And then after Easter, I'm going to, the Sunday after Easter, I'm going to preach a message that I've been waiting seven and a half years to preach here at Unionville Alliance Church. By that time, it'll be almost eight years. And it's inside of me, and it's waiting to come out, and I can't tell you anything about it until April. And I've been waiting year and year and year and year and year and year, and finally, I think this is the time. But it's going to sum up, I think, and I believe everything of what we're trying to say in this sort of ministry year about God's presence with us and his heart and desire for us. And so after Easter, we're going to look at a series about the body of Christ and how we are part of the body of Christ, how we carry the presence of God with us. So no longer is it God's presence coming upon people in the Old Testament at certain times. No longer is it let's make a tabernacle that I might dwell among them and so make this tabernacle so the presence of God can be there. Now we become the tabernacle. We become the temple of God. Post-Easter, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, we now carry the presence of God with us wherever we go. And so I want to look at, uh, look at a, a few things in the story of Adam and Eve and how God's presence with us can really change our lives. How, uh, unfortunately for Adam and Eve, they lost the presence of God but it's God's desire for us to have life and life more abundantly. So let's look at a few things in the story of Adam and Eve. And the first thing is this, that the first desire of the Lord for us, the very principal thing, the very principal desire, the very heartbeat of God for us is to be with him. God desires that we would have relationship with him. God desires that we would fellowship with him. The whole reason why God created Adam and Eve in his image was so that he can have a relationship with them. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it talks about that, how God created uh, human beings in his own image. He created them for relationship. He created them in his own image so that they could have fellowship with the Lord. A few, verses, a few verses later in Genesis chapter 3, it says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. See, this is what Adam and Eve enjoyed in the Garden of Eden. They enjoyed the opportunity that they could have fellowship with the Lord, that he came in the cool of the evening and the breeze. You know, after dinner, after supper, let's, you know, let's chat with the Lord a little bit. After our, after our day, and we've been doing so many different things, we've been enjoying the wonderful creation that God has made. We've been enjoying all of these wonderful trees and fruits and things that God had given to us. And now in the cool of the day, the presence of the Lord was there, and they were able to fellowship with the Lord. Unfortunately, sin came in and ruined that. Unfortunately, their disobedience to the Lord ruined that. And so... In, in John chapter 17, it talks about this restoration, this desire for God to have relationship with his people because Adam and Eve lost that. In John chapter 17, we see this whole reason for being. What is your reason for being? What is your reason for being here, for living? What is your aim and your goal in life? 
Well, I really believe that the reason why God created us is to have relationship with us and to give us life and life more abundantly. And so in John 17, it says, this is the way to have eternal life, not just regular life, but eternal life, life that lasts forever and ever to know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, the one who you sent. See, this is eternal life. This is not just life here in this world, but life that extends into eternity. We start here, but it extends into eternity. Adam and Eve had a little glimpse of that in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve experienced that a little bit because the word of God was there. The Lord came walking in the cool of the day. The Lord's presence was there. They experienced life with the Lord. They experienced the beauty of walking with the Lord, of being with the Lord, enjoying the presence of God. But sin came in and ruined all of that. So Jesus had to come come, come again, and Jesus had to say, Jesus had to die and and be resurrected and reveal to us that eternal life is this, knowing Jesus, knowing the Father, and having fellowship with him. Because this is the life that God wants to give to us. It's a life that is full. His purpose is that we enjoy life to the fullest. And so here's the challenge for all of us in 2024. Are we enjoying life to the fullest? And now you might have a different definition of what that is. You might have a different definition of what what does it mean to really enjoy life to the fullest? Well, look at what it was in the Garden of Eden. The Lord made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, God made this beautiful garden for Adam and Eve, and God wanted them to live an abundant life in that garden. He gave them pleasures. He gave them these wonderful fruits to eat. There's only one tree they weren't allowed to eat from, and that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But there was another tree that was there that they were allowed to eat from, and that brought abundance of life, and that was called the tree of life. And as they ate of that tree of life, they experienced the life of God. They experienced the beauty of God. They experienced that abundant life, and they experienced communion and fellowship with God. The whole reason why they were kicked out of the garden after they sinned is that God didn't want them to eat of the tree of life and live forever in that sinful state. And so God blocked off that that opportunity for them. In Genesis 3, it says, after sending them out, the Lord God stationed a mighty cherubim in the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. See, there was this cherubim now that blocked the way, not just to the Garden of Eden, but blocked the way to the Tree of Life. They had an opportunity to enjoy life to its fullest, life to its abundance. And I think the way that God defines life to its fullest and life to its abundance is in a simple word called Emmanuel, God with us. See, God with us changes our whole outlook in life. It doesn't mean that the trials will go away or the difficulties will go away. It doesn't mean that everything is going to work out in our life. But having the presence of God with us radically changes our outlook and changes our perspective. Having the presence of God changes the way that we interact with others and the way that we uh, help and serve God. Having the presence of God with us changes our whole spirit and our whole mindset as we deal with difficulties and trials in our life. And so I think the abundant life that God wants to give to us is this eternal life to know Jesus and to know the Father. They enjoyed that in the Garden of Eden, but then that was taken away from them. 
When we, when we take time to look at the tabernacle in a few months' time, as we look at the different places in the tabernacle, there was, one th- there was a, an outer court, and there was a holy place, and there was a most holy place, and you'll, you'll be able to see all of that on the stage when, when, they, when we have our stage uh, set up with the tabernacle. But between the holy place and the most holy place, there was a veil that separated those two areas. And the priest could come to the holy place, but only the high priest and only once a year could they come into the most holy place. And there was a veil that separated that. And do you know what was on that veil? Cherubims. Angels. And I believe that when, when the priests would come into the holy place to minister, and they had all these different things that they were doing in the holy place, they would look up, and what would they see? Cherubims. And what was that a reminder to them of? That the way into the presence of God, the way to the tree of life, the way to the Shekinah glory of God that was in the whole, most holy place was blocked. There wasn't access there because sin had come in and separated people from God. Thanks be to God that when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, do you know what happened? That veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place, that veil that had those cherubims that was a reminder to the priest that, hey, the way into the presence of God is blocked, the way to the tree of life is blocked. Well, that veil was torn in two. And it showed that there was a way now to come into the most holy place. Now there was a way to come and experience the tree of life. There was a way now to come and experience life and life more abundantly because Jesus said in John 10 verse 10, the thief's purpose, the devil's purpose, Satan's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Another translation says it like this, but my purpose is to give them life and life more abundantly. And that's because of what Jesus did. It was blocked before. A cherubim was put between Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden, between Adam and Eve and the Tree of Life. And access was denied. But thanks be to God that Jesus comes to give us life and life more abundantly. And how was that abundant life experienced in us? It is by Emmanuel, God with us. We can go through a trial with God or we can go through a trial without God. And I can tell you those two things are vastly different. When we have God's presence with us in life's journey, in the years that God gives to us in this world, it makes an enormous difference in our life and we can experience life and life to its abundance. In Revelation, as Jesus is, is sending letters to the seven churches, in one, for one of the churches, he says this, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Can you see this restoration that is happening? Adam and Eve got to eat of the tree of life and could eat all sorts of wonderful fruits from that tree of life. And as they did, they experienced the abundant life of God. They experienced the joy of the Lord. They experienced what it is to know God. But as soon as they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said, you are kicked out. There is a contrast from death to life. Because when God, God told Adam and Eve, the moment that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Did they die physically that day? No. But their spirits died within them. The relationship with God died. 
They became alienated from the life of God. Can you see the contrast between death and life? That sin brings death, Jesus brings life. The first Adam brings death, the second Adam brings life. And life more abundantly. In the, in the New Jerusalem, in, in Revelation 22, it says this beautiful, this beautiful picture of what heaven is going to look like. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. You see here the tree of life even in eternity. Can you see a little bit of this, this story arc from Adam and Eve all the way to the book of Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation, from death and disobedience and destruction and losing the life of God to coming back to this with Emmanuel with us forever and ever and ever. This is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is what it is to experience life to its fullest. And we a taste of it right now in this world as we experience the life of God, but in the fullness of times in eternity, we will taste and experience and know the abundant life that God gives. There, there's a contrast between that death and between life because Jesus came to give life because sin, sin was separating us from that abundant life. And oftentimes we don't like to talk about sin. We don't like to, uh, to, to, to talk about it uh, in our lives. But friends, we have to talk about sin because sin is what separates us from God. And unless we acknowledge the sin that's in our life that separates us from God, there's no way making it back to God. In Genesis chapter 3, it says, So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden. And sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. See, they were banished because of their sin. And it seems like such a small thin thing, but a sin is a sin. And that sin of disobedience, disobeying the command of the Lord, brought sin into the whole world and sin upon all of humanity. And we now have to deal with that. In Isaiah, the Lord says this, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you. Nor is his ear too deaf to hear your call. The, Lord, the Lord's here. The Lord's arm is there to help you. The Lord's ears are there to listen to you. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. It is because of our sins. Our sins have alienated us from the life of God. Our sins have separated us from God. And unless we come to him and unless we, we seek the Lord in prayer, in confession, and in repentance, one of the prayer challenges this week is going to be the prayer of confession. For those that are subscribed, you'll hear, you'll hear it, a video recording about that, a prayer of confession as we confess and acknowledge our sin to the Lord and ask him for forgiveness. We have to understand that sin has a, has a price and a penalty to pay. In Romans chapter three, uh, 6, it says in verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can you see the contrast here again? Death and life. Death that happened in the Garden of Eden because of their sin and disobedience. Death that happens to us because of our sin. The alienation from the life of God the separation from the life of God. But as we come to Jesus, he comes to give us life and life to its fullness, life in all of its abundance. And lastly, Emmanuel has come to restore what the first Adam lost and gives us abundant life. We've been singing about Emmanuel during the Christmas season. We're going to continue to sing about Emmanuel and talk about Emmanuel. But Emmanuel comes to give us life. And life in all of its fullness.
In Romans chapter uh, 5, we read a little bit about this contrast between Adam and Christ. And I'm going to just read a larger portion here. There's just one verse uh, in Romans 5 and verse 15. Um, but I'm just going to read a, a larger portion from Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. So you can see this comparing contrast. Okay, uh, As I read this, to see the contrast between Adam and Jesus. Death and life. Sin and sinlessness. It says this from verse 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit command of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol a representation of Christ who is yet to come. But there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. If I can say a great difference between that death that came because of Adam and the life that comes because of Jesus. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, including us. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. In verse 18, I'm going to read this twice so that it'll sink in. Verse 18. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. I'll say that again. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. See, friends, what we learn from this story of Adam and Eve, we learn the heart of God right from the beginning to have relationship with humanity, God's desire to be with humanity, to have relationship with humanity, to walk in the garden and fellowship and have communion. But then sin came in and made a separation. So then Jesus comes and comes to restore all of what's been lost. As I said earlier, the greatest epidemic that is plaguing our world today is loneliness. I talk to a lot of people that tell me how lonely they are. People that are, are married and still feel lonely. People that don't have spouses and feel lonely. People that are in families and feel lonely. People that are not in families and feel lonely. And the solution is Emmanuel, God with us. From the very beginning, God created us in a way that he wanted to have community with us, wanted to have relationship with us, wanted to know us, wanted us to know him. That's his desire. He created us that way. 
And that's why there's this epidemic that's happening even right now in a world where we're more connected than any other generation, in a world where Facebook and Instagram and all of these social media platforms and text messaging and all of the ways in which we can communicate, we can video call to people on the other side of the country in seconds, and we can stay in touch with so many different people in a more connected world than we've ever been in in the history of humanity, we are more lonely than ever before because we have lost the presence of Emmanuel. And why have we lost the presence of Emmanuel? Because sin has entered. Sin has come into our lives. And the way that we restore that relationship, the way we restore the presence of God with us, the way we restore Emmanuel is by repenting and asking for forgiveness and receiving the free gift of eternal life that Jesus gives to us. Friends, today on the first Sunday of 2024, can we make a decision that in 2024 we wanna walk with Jesus? How many of you, you have a relationship with someone, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, whether it's your parents, whether it's a cousin, uncle, or aunt, did that relationship all of a sudden happen in one day? No, it takes work. Whether it's with your children, it takes work to build a relationship of trust with them. Whether it's with your spouse, it takes work as you're dating and getting to know the person. But even after you get married, guess what? It takes work to continue to build that relationship. Why would it be any different with Jesus? We can't just use Jesus as a wallet and pull him out whenever we need him. But it's about walking with Jesus, building a relationship with Emmanuel. And as I gave you some pastoral exhortations last week about prayer and Bible reading, I want to uh, encourage you again, practice the spiritual disciplines so that you can build a relationship with Emmanuel on a daily basis. He longs and desires to be with us. He longs and desires to know us. He longs and desires to give us life and life in all of its fullness, a rich and satisfying life, life more abundantly. In 1 Corinthians, Paul, 1 Corinthians, Paul says it like this. You, you see... Just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given what? Given what? New life. Life in its abundance. Friends, God wants you to experience life in its abundance in 2024. Worship team, please come. This last verse in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, the scriptures tell us, the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. Can you read that with me? The scriptures tell us, the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. Jesus came to restore what Adam lost. Adam was created as a living person, but because of his sin, he died. And death passed upon all of humanity. But now he gives us a wonderful hope that he comes to give us life. Can I invite you today, as you get ready and as you write your hope or prayer for 2024, whatever that might be, what is that that you're looking for? What is the life that you're looking for in 2024? What is your petition for 2024? What are you hoping that Jesus will do in 2024 for you and for your family? What is the way that you will experience life and life in all of its abundance? And it's not to say, oh, I just want all my trials to disappear because that's not going to happen. 
It's experiencing Emmanuel, but what is that hope that you want to see God's hand and God's presence in your life in 2024? Sometimes he takes the trials away, sometimes he doesn't. Because in the trial, that's when we will see and experience Emmanuel, God with us. As you write that, the worship team is going to be singing, and I'm going to invite you all to stand right now, and we're just going to sing this song, Come to the Altar, and I want you in a, in a spirit and a posture of surrender. In a spirit and a posture of surrender, let's just say, Lord, I'm coming to the altar, and I'm going to say, Lord, I surrender all to you. We're literally at the end of this service, after we sing this song, we're literally going to come to the altar where you're going to drop out your prayer card in one of these baskets and our pastoral staff will be here. Pastor Justin is going to be up in the balcony and myself, Pastor Leonor and Pastor Keisha will be up here in the front. You're going to drop your prayer card in. We're going to give you a pastoral blessing and a promise verse as well for 2024. But as we sing this song, let's just come with a posture and an attitude of surrender to the Lord. As we come to the altar, the arms of the Father are open wide to receive us into fellowship, into communion, into relationship. He doesn't want to be far away from us, friends. He wants to be close to us. He wants us to know him, and he wants to know us. What an amazing thing that God has for us. Let's sing to the Lord.